So welcome everybody to our third and final uh, tidbit on zombie businesses. This is going to, we're going to focus on marketing today. So we've covered uh, management and money in the, in the last two. So if you didn't catch those, we highly suggest it They're They are kind of independent. So if you don't want to jump back, it's not going to, you know, you're not going to be lost in the woods, but uh, they do have a tie because a lot of them, you know, money management and marketing always kind of blend together. And, well, I mean, that's why we pick those three right, is, exactly. you know, I mean, there's great podcasts on, you know, legal issues and HR and all that kind of stuff. But every business, marketing, management, money, you, you have to take care of those three areas. But like you're saying, you don't you don't have to do them all at once. You you, you can take them independent. Yeah. Now, for me, this is the little bit trickier one of the three. I would agree. So I I think that's kind of where if you were to ask me why I would have left it till last because it's uh, with money and and uh, and uh, management, it's um, more defined to me because marketing is kind of a theory to me. You know, it's it's more of a science. Well, okay, can. Can I jump into a thought that I've been having, yeah. you know, uh, in yeah. preparation for this one? So yeah. I do occasionally prep for our episodes, occasionally, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking about this as we were putting together this series, and I'm like, you know, we're, we're doing this play on zombies, and it really helps, you know, put it into perspective. Are you a zombie? Are you, you know, is is your business being overrun by zombies? And looking at it through that lens kind of helps to avoid some of those pitfalls. Right. Well, the funny thing is, is if you were to ask me, what does a zombie infestation look like for um, money and for management? It looks like the living dead, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, when, when I look at marketing, it actually looks the opposite to me. It looks like overproduction of marketing but not actually getting, you know, real marketing results. So when right, you're talking right, about right, the right. science of it, I know a ton of businesses that they are super active on, you know, social media right. or putting stuff out there or you see, you know, and I don't I don't want to pigeonhole this into this is not a social media discussion. Like I want to keep it marketing and so I'm going to talk about even when you'll see those businesses you go to like a chamber luncheon or a networking event and they're totally Totally work in the room and they're handing out business cards. You know, you go to a trade show and the, the, the one guy has seven business cards at the end of the day and the other guy has 352 business cards. And I'm like, are you going to follow up with those 352 people or are they just going to add to your drawer collection of business cards? Like, I would rather see the business that has seven meaningful connections that of those seven, they're going to do business with two or three of them, as opposed to the person who has 352 business cards. I'm like, that's the same thing as like picking up free pens. Sure, it's got business information on it, but you don't have any meaningful connection with those businesses. So to me, a, a zombie business in marketing is one that is overproducing on marketing but they're dead when it comes to any sort of growth or sales or connection to the business. And that that's, I think, a great segue into maybe uh, one of the points on a zombie business is that <clears throat> we tend, a zombie business tends to spend a lot of money on marketing, hoping that it will dig them out of the hole. 
Oh, right. <laughs> that, that is a great, great way to just so like hit all the nails on a head. Yeah. Know? So, so you're trying to make up for all the other problems through marketing, mm-hmm. but the problem is, is you don't you don't have a marketing budget. You don't have a marketing plan. You, you know, you're not focused on that target market. You so you're not you're not being effectual in your marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, a, a great thing that uh, is worth kind of pointing out here, marketing doesn't come first. When businesses are saying, oh, I just, you know, I'm just starting out. How do I market? Like, you don't. You manage. Like, get the management and the money figured out and then move into the marketing. Because the marketing, one, it's, it's in my opinion, more complicated you know, it on the management, I can tell a business, okay, you're doing this correctly, you're doing this incorrectly. But on marketing, am I doing this right or wrong? Ah, we got to give it six months and see. Correct. You know, see, that, that's why I make the argument all the time that marketing to me is more of a, a science mm-hmm. than it is um, just a principle. Yeah. Because there's a lot of trial and error. The economies are changing, your clients are changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how you reach those target markets can change. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, I think about it. Uh, people said that a lot of times, pe- you know, we we change over a, a period of about ten years is where most people gradually go from being one thing to gradual change to where now we can see a significant difference. It's about ten years. Yeah, COVID did it in two, <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> yeah. And and now our mindset is completely different. That we think about change completely different and how we approach things, realizing that things can change within a year, two years. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because a business that does good financials, you are doing the same motions in and out. You still have a Mm -hmm. P&L. You still have a balance sheet. You're looking at the same line items. They're very predictable, very consistent. Yes, there are decisions that are going to change, but not dramatically. Like you either have a healthy balance sheet or you don't have a healthy balance sheet, and you can pinpoint things to do, actions to take to improve that. But on the marketing, you can't do that. You can't look at a marketing strategy and, you know, just automatically say, oh, this is a good strategy or this is a bad strategy. You know, you, you have to look at it, analyze it, make some assumptions, run with those assumptions, reanalyze it. Uh, you know, so there's, there's a layer of complexity and a layer of time that is kind of unique to marketing. So let me, I'm going to just throw out a few things. And if you, if you don't know what these are, you're, you're either one of two things, you know, nothing about marketing or you're a zombie business. Okay. <laughs> so your customer retention rate. Mm. Okay. What was it from the beginning to the month End of the month? What did you spend on, on your, uh, marketing efforts? Okay. Mm-hmm. And what is the change in that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, inventory turnover. What is your okay. turnover rate? You're putting inventory turnover with marketing. Yeah. Cause you sell products. Okay. Okay. Right? So if, if I'm moving product, if my sales are high, my in- inventory is turning, but what is that inventory turnover in relationships to how it's been in the past or other industry standards? Where do I fall? But okay. if I say inventory turnover and you don't even know what I'm talking about, I'm going to say, okay, that's a red flag. That's something you got to do some more homework on. Uh-huh. doesn't necessarily mean you're a zombie business. It could just mean that no one's ever taught me about it. Right. Right. Okay. 
Um, marketing budget, we've already mentioned that. Okay, mm-hmm. if you don't have your marketing but, budget, but can can I talk about marketing budget in a yeah. little bit more specific? Yeah, um, please. So, time, resources, and money. Yes, make up a budget, not money. Everyone's like, "Oh, how much money am I going to spend on marketing?" And I'm like, "You can offset your money with time. You, you you can you know you can put in the time to go market yourself." Or you can hire an agency to do the marketing for you. So you can swap time and money. And then when I say resources, uh, you know, a lot of times people look at resources and they're just like, oh, well, what can I buy? And I'm like, no, no, no. What's your network look like? What do you have access to? If you happen to have property that's on a busy street, uh, you know, a, a marketing sign in front of your property is a resource. But if you have property that is not on a busy street and the value of those properties could be the same. I mean, you could have a property that's valued higher, but it's just not, you know, it's not on a busy thoroughfare. And so therefore you don't have access to that resource. And so when, when we look at marketing budgets, if you are solely looking at money and thinking that that is a budget, that's a red flag. Yeah. Um, another one I always uh, bring up is what is your customer complaints as a percentage of your total sales? Customer complaints. So, so based off the number of products that I sell, uh-huh. what what percentage do I have a complaint about my product? Okay, right. Cause so it, this is kind of like a warranty concept. Yeah. All right. Yeah, or, you know, have sold something and it failed or have sold something and it didn't come the right size. I See, it, it's just, it's a factor to help me understand on the backside mm-hmm. because I, the frustrating thing is that <clears throat> marketing, you send out a message, okay? You're sending this message out to the people the whole time. You know, best customer service, best product, fast delivery, whatever it is, okay? But on the backside of it, too many people forget that your operations have to support that message, mm. right? Yeah. But they don't, okay? <laughs> Which means if your operations can't support the message that you're putting out there in your advertising and your marketing, then you're a zombie business, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you've got to take care of the backside of stuff. And in a way to understand that um, in a horrific way is, are you <laughs> tracking customer complaints, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, because your employees are never, uh, your employees may <clears throat> tell you, but you know, on some of our other ones, we we kind of know that if if you're a zombie business when it comes to management, a lot of times your employees aren't real truthful with you. Yeah, and I would look at it and I would say, you know, tracking customer complaints, uh, and I'm I'm kind of doing this on the fly because you know we're going off of your list right now, so you know, just keep that in mind. <laughs> But, uh, well, no, I, I'm putting the disclaimer out there to say, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to make this comment, but I need to, I need to validate that I'm going to agree with my own comment. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. So, uh, on the customer complaints, I never want to have zero customer complaints. I agree. Because zero customer complaints just means that you don't have good communication or you're not doing anything important, you know, or you don't have an avenue for customers to vent. Yeah. To, to share, hey, I have some frustration. You know, which, which is one of my, okay, so I'm going to go on a, on a sidebar here for just a second. I feel like uh, online reviews could be such a beautiful thing to help society in general. 
But as human beings, we're terrible people, and uh, <laughs> we manipulate everything, and we've manipulated online reviews to the point that they're almost junk. Like online reviews on major platforms such as you know Amazon, pff, garbage. It's known that the majority of them are paid and manipulated. And so, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter if you see a product that's like, oh, five stars. Like, it just doesn't matter. This could be such a useful tool, but it's not a useful tool. So when you're talking about customer feedback, if you're going to go and, and personally, I think it's unethical. I think if you're manipulating reviews to try and look good, I think that that's, yeah, you know, unethical. And so if you're going to be unethical in your business practices by manipulating reviews, well, you ruined getting any quality reviews or quality feedback because you just skewed the entire setup. The, the entire feedback loop has now been corrupted to the point that you can't use it. Yeah, totally, totally agree. So there's my sidebar. <laughs> okay. Back, um. back to zombie marketing. <laughs> And another uh, another one I would always ask is um, if you're if you think you're a growing business or you're more than just a single owner business, are, are you using any type of customer relationships management software or CRM software? And, uh, and I'm careful when I say that one, but are you are you trying to find ways to manage those relationships and track good data? Because because ultimately it comes down to um, I think too often a zombie business stops looking f and interacting with their most valuable customers and those customers that are growing and active or staying in their industry that they're trying to grow. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so it, you, it's hard to do that if you're not having collecting some data or some type of a relationship program um, with your customers. Okay. I've got some opinions on this. All right, share them. So, some, some is opinion and some is actually uh, pretty well known, an area that I've, I've looked into quite a bit. So the opinion side is that um, software is not necessarily the way to go on this. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Depending on the size of your business, um, well, I'm not even talking size of your business. Not, so it could be the, I'm, I'm not discouraging anyone from using a CRM, but this is, this is what I want to point out. Maybe and I, the, maybe I should say the more, the more volume of customers you have, the more likely it is you'll use software. If I'm in a business where I interact with a hundred people, I can manage it through other, other type, means. Yeah. Okay, so I can agree with that. Everyone needs to have a process, uh, a client management process. Yes. Uh, if you choose to use a CRM, great. But uh, there are thresholds at which a CRM makes sense and which a CRM doesn't make sense. Here's the issue that I have. I, again, I'm on another sidebar. Man, I'm <laughs> sidebarring today. It's all good. So... You've got ERP systems, you've got accounting systems, you've got CRM systems, you've got, you know, all of these different uh, different systems. And the problem is, is everyone's trying to get that magic potion, that silver bullet. 
all of these companies that produce these softwares are trying to show that their software is going to solve the problems of your other business issues. And so if I've got an accounting software that is already keeping track of all of my invoicing, well, in order to invoice, I have to have a customer base to invoice. <clears throat> Correct. And so accounting softwares are going to have a default where you can put your customers in and it will keep track of all your customers. So it would make logical sense that now I can do that customer relation management, that CRM. Did I get the, is that, it, mm -hmm. it's client relation management, I think is what it actually yeah, is. Customer, client, tomato, tomato. So, but, but anyway, the, they'll, they'll start to say, hey, look, we can manage your CRM but they're an accounting software. They're not a CRM software. Very true. And then what will happen is the CRM software that's managing all of these customer interactions. Because, so the problem, let me, let me get a little bit more specific so I'm not just ranting, right? The problem with an accounting software is the accounting only keeps track of customers that are doing transactions. It's terrible at leads. Uh, you know, you try and do a, a sales funnel in an accounting software. You can't be. It's garbage, yeah. you know. Like, they'll put it in and they'll just be like, look, you can plug your leads in and then you can convert them to an actual client. But they don't have the tools necessary to really create, a, you know, a quality sales funnel. So then you move over to a CRM software and you're saying, okay, you know, I want that sales funnel and, and the CRM software is doing the same thing the accounting software is. They're saying, okay, well, the goal is you want to go from a lead, you want to go from a soft lead to a strong lead to, you know, an interested party to a sale. And, you know, when you make the sale, the software is saying, well, hey, we could record that sale. And all of a sudden, they're putting in some basic accounting and saying, well, you know, I mean, if we start with sales, we can generate a P&L. And they're doing these super watered down financials that don't handle things like depreciation or inventory, costs of goods, you know, FIFO, LIFO, those kinds of things are not going to be managed in a CRM. So we move to an ERP system when we say, oh, well, that'll handle all of my FIFO, LIFO and uh, you know, the, the inventory stuff, you know, and, and so that'll handle all of my inventory stuff. And then it keeps track of it from an accounting perspective. And I'm like, but it's going to have the garbage CRM. And so the, the point that I'm trying to make here is I've never seen a business that doesn't have a bias toward one or another. They tend to either be, you know, customer centric with the CRM or they tend to be accounting centric with, you know, a, uh, a financial uh, tool or they tend to be, you know, inventory work in progress centric with an ERP system and, they struggle with the other areas. And it's very difficult to manage all of those things. You can get into some custom software, very expensive, you know. And and so if you're buying off-the-shelf stuff, even if you're doing the plugins and the add-ons, it's still it's still difficult to do. And it, it, it doesn't make it right or wrong. You know, it, it, it's it, I'll put it this way. Marathon runners don't tend to be bodybuilders. That's true. Doesn't mean that they're weak. <clears throat> it just means that if you want to be a bodybuilder, stop running, you know, 50 miles a week. That's, that is a, so you got to focus on one or the other. They're both healthy, you know, active things to do, but it's really hard to do both.
Yeah. <clears throat> so let's talk about. <laughs> You're like, can we bring this back? Again? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So for me, <laughs> if you. If you're not aware or you're not using some type of a customer relationship program or system, then that's a sign that either you don't know much about marketing or you could be a zombie business. Yeah. Because I, I am a, I, there's, you know, I put, and this is why the marketing is so tricky to me because um, everyone kind of thinks they know marketing, but they don't. I mean, you can go up to a lot of people and tell them, you know, hey, what are the four P's of marketing? And they they can't tell you what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. basic marketing principles. Right, right. So so that's the one thing you need to be looking at is in there is do you understand basic marketing principles and what are the and what's changing in marketing nowadays? Because marketing, I'm telling you, I I I swear by this one. It's always changing. Mm-hmm. And what you did yesterday may not apply today anymore. Well, okay, so I want to back up to something that you said that I think is so profound and simple but overlooked very often. To me, the foundation of marketing is can I back it up? Do my operations back up my marketing? Correct. You know, because when you're talking about the the four Ps and, you know, so you got people, place, price, promotion, right? And I look at that and I say, does your product – you know, do, do, does does that really convey, like, does your message, is your message supported by your product? That's what I'm trying to say. I'm having a hard time getting it out. Is your message supported by your product? And what will happen is you'll have these people that they put all these efforts into, you know, blasting a message and they they just don't have you know they're just not backing it up. I've seen a lot of a lot of deals that are killed because of the wrong price point. And when I say wrong price point, it's not always that they're overpriced. Sometimes they're underpriced, and that underpriced will kill a deal as much as overpriced will kill a deal. You know, if, yeah. if you if you if you're wrong price, that will kill a deal. And and so you'll see these uh, you know you'll you'll see these companies that they get. You know, they get going down this marketing path and they don't know what their internal workings are like. They can't ship in two days. They, you know, they they don't have good warranties. They, you know, they, they get negative reviews and they're not fixing the, you know, reoccurring comments that keep happening for the same issue. They're, they're not doing anything with it. They, they've got a mixed marketing message because they don't know if they want to be a high priced, high quality or low right. price volume. And, yeah. you know, and, and they don't even realize it. Like no, no amount of, you know, advertisement is going to change any of that. If you're set up incorrectly on the back end, you can't overcome it. Yeah. Uh, another one I, I see all the time is where the owner is trying to do, and this probably goes through money and management and then in marketing, they're trying to do everything. Meaning, <laughs> let me, I'll give you an example to try to make it a little bit clearer. If I'm the airplane pilot, okay, uh, my job is to fly the plane, mm-hmm. right? That's to get it off the ground and get it back on the ground safely, okay? My job isn't to fuel the plane, my job isn't to put food in the plane for the passengers. My job isn't to make sure that the passengers get seated correctly. Mm-hmm. My job isn't to make sure that uh, the luggage isn't going to 
be put on that's overweight that puts my plane in jeopardy, right? Uh, that's I have other people around me that have those responsibilities to do it. Could you imagine being on a flight and all of a sudden have your pilot walk back out and saying, oh, hey, Kay, I'm out here to serve beverages now. <laughs> Don't, hey, it's okay. It's on, it's on autopilot. We've tested the software. I'm good to be back here, right? Okay. They don't do that, do they? But, but how often do we do that? That's, that's a classic sign when it comes to businesses in general that are zombie businesses, that, that the owner is trying to put his hands in everything that's going on instead of saying, no, 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 I have mechanics who do this for my business, and I don't have to worry about that. And I have amazing uh, staff and production lines that take care of the customers that do all of that, right? Okay. And so, and so what we find that within marketing is all the time is your your marketing starts to go on or I, I'm working with a radio station to do some advertising and at the last minute I change everything. <laughs> I don't like that and no, we're going to do this and I wanted to say that and, and can you speak a little bit faster because I need to have this whole sentence put in there. Yeah. Right? So going with your analogy, flying a plane uh, and I've never flown a plane so I guess I'm, I'm just assuming <laughs> here – it's got to be boring the majority of the time because once you're up in the air, yeah. you're kind of just flying, but you still want an expert. So that when it's not boring, you're like, Hey, I'm not nervous. If we hit some turbulence, yeah. I'm not nervous. If all of a sudden a gauge starts reading something that it's not supposed to read. Like I've got an expert who he, you know, he or she's going to step into the, to that moment. They're going to take care of it. And then we're going to go back to just smooth sailing for the next three hours, you know? And, and that's kind of how a business is. Like mm-hmm. I see a lot of these entrepreneurs that they get in a situation and they feel like if they're not actively busy, that they're not helping the business. Right. I'm like, you don't have to be actively busy. You can just sit and enjoy the ride and say, you know, my job is to get us to our destination. Yeah. But so often that as a business owner, what do we do? We come out of the cockpit and we start telling people, you know, we haven't done our own market research. We kind of, I'm the owner, so I should know who my customers are type of attitude, right? And mm-hmm. so we come in and we start, no, I want you to change this about marketing. And I think you should do this. And I think you should do that. When it comes down to your just personal preferences and not the fact that it was driven by data. Yeah. So, and that's going to bring up a point that I want to talk about here. Uh, zombies wander. Okay. Businesses that are wandering, that that is uh-huh. a zombie business. Yeah, great way to put it. And and so, you know, if you are just wandering, and what does it mean to wander? It means to not back up what you're doing with data. I, I don't care if you're 110% certain, mm-hmm. get some sort of validation on your certainty. You know, ask a customer or put a survey out there or pay for some market research or go to your local university because most of them actually have research facilities and get some validation of your 110% certainty because it doesn't matter who you are, all that certainty, you know, I, I love the saying, uh, you know, don't let, uh, don't let your data get in the way of my confidence. (laughs) (laughs) Amen to that. And, and, and Uh, and that's what happens is like, I've been in this business for, uh, 40 years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
But yeah, and your clients aren't the same as they were 40 years ago. Yeah, right. right. Hey, guess what? Your customer's only been in this business for six months, so you should probably learn what they're like. Yeah. You know? and, and so, you know, zombies wander aimlessly. They just kind of wander around and moan and groan. And, and so, you know, if you want to know if you're a zombie business, when was the last time that you set a course, you know, that you planned a, a, a true vision and you validated that vision. You know? yeah, and, and established it as a clear marketing plan. Yes. With with a budget behind it. Yes. Right? And yeah, I mean, when you say plan, there's 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 budget, there's milestones, there's buy-in from the, you know, from all the players, yeah, that's just, there's that's say, operational you, support. I like how you said that, you know, when you get into a budget, you know, we're we're looking at what we have to work with and we understand what we have to work with, right? Mm. So we understand our resources, uh, our time constraints. Uh, so we we're doing all of that. So we already, you know, that kind of the old saying, bird in a hand. Yeah. Okay. We, we have that bird in the hand. We know what we already have. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's take advantage of it versus, you know, out there just, you know, swinging the net trying to catch other birds when we already have a bird in our hand that can feed us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, but another thing is uh, like going back to our first point, um, that, that, you know, they're, they're, they're just throwing a lot of money in marketing, you know, advertising out there trying to get themselves out of a hole, but cause they don't understand, you know, ultimately that, that at some point in time, you have to understand the affordability of loss. Okay. So, I mean, explain a little bit. Um, that you, there's, so you can control, one thing that you can't control is the is the backside or the downside of when it comes to money. So my expenses, mm-hmm. okay, I can control a lot of that, um, and and too often we don't put numbers to it, we don't put data behind it, and so we're not controlling it. It's kind of controlling us. And mm-hmm. the next thing you know, uh, I might have a you know an advertising plan with you know some you know, provider out there that I, I really can't afford. Mm-hmm. Right. And even though we're thinking, yeah, if I increase my sales, because that's, that's the part that we can't control it, but we want to control mm-hmm. is, you know, sales, but it's also, we recognize it's the greatest room for growth. Mm-hmm. So if you're an opportunistic, you know what I mean? You're always look at how big this pond is. And I'm, you know, if I could get a bigger net, <laughs> I could catch more fish. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but when you, when you've done you know, the previous mentioned stuff, then you understand at what time and what point in time you go, okay, no, we, we have to freeze it here because our losses are going to go greater than what we can afford. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, uh, you know, um, like we've hit on all of this, but I think it's very important to understand that, well, let me just put it this way. Marketing won't solve any of your problems. You know, and, and you, you mentioned that you said, you know, don't use marketing as a way to dig it out, you know, dig yourself out of a hole. I'm, I'm even gonna, going to go more bold and I'm going to say marketing will not solve any of your problems. If you have problems in your business, marketing will not solve those. What marketing will do is marketing is going to take a good business and move it into a great business. And so if you're really trying to level up your business, that's when marketing comes into play. But if you can't, like marketing is not the tool to go from bad to good. It's the tool to go from good to great. And so if you haven't achieved good yet, then 
you're not you're not too marketing really. You, you you need to jump back to that management. You need to jump back to that money, and you need to say, okay, what am I doing here? What do I need to clean up here before I really can go forward to that leveling up of marketing? Yeah, you know there was a there's a guy by the name of uh, Franz Johansson, and he wrote a book um, by the title of uh, Masidi Effect. Okay. And Masidi was a f- an Italian family, which is why I think it grabbed my attention because I'm Italian. I just put that out Meliori. there. So, but the idea behind it was the this uh, uh, Masini effect is that um, intellectual cross pollination mm-hmm. is where growth and great innovation come from. So the fact that um, I know some things, but I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And the only way that I can come up with the best idea is by having conversations or interacting with others that are not of my same education, same cultural background, same uh, ethnicity, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that, you know, you get into that, you know, do we have enough diversity inside of our organization that, that it can do it. But too often I find that uh, a zombie business, uh, um, we get stuck in that. I, I, I got this. Yeah, I, I know. This. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. And so all of a sudden we, we take that thought of, hey, uh, who's a good person who would be, give me some good advice on marketing in the area. Okay. That will give me even 30 minutes of their time so that I can better understand a few concepts and then go do some more homework off of that. Mm-hmm. Who else out there is, you know, can I, um, can I take an online course and learn a bit about mark, um, you know, marketing from, you know, uh, LinkedIn learning, or can I take a course from my local college or university that help me better understand some marketing? Um, some of that, that's, that's what we talk about when we mean that intellectual cross pollination. I'm always looking for ways uh, to check my thinking with what's going on out there and what others have done that have been successful. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I'm getting the the better of all the worlds. So I come up with the best ways to promote my product, understand it better. Um, because, you know, unfortunately, if you, if you send out a, a marketing message from your company and they interact with you and they have a horrible experience. Okay. They, they put up these uh, perception filters, okay, these little bubbles that now that the next time you try to get a message out to them, even if you've made changes, uh, you're, you're done. Okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, classic example, especially if you look over the last 10 years, uh, anyone, you know, I'm going to have you think about um, your, your more favorite president that's been in the last 10 years and the one that you really have disliked over the last 10 years, okay? Think about as soon as you hear something about from that president that you dislike, well, immediately almost you change the radio, you change the channel, you mm-hmm. see what I mean? That filter instantly has said, I don't like that individual. I'm not going to listen to that individual. I don't care what they have to say. Uh, those filters have just shut it right down. Mm-hmm. Or on the other hand, if the individual that, you know, president comes up that you do have some liking for, you're going to at least listen to them for a little bit. You may right. not, you may not, you know, listen to the whole message that they're going to share, but I'm going to listen a little bit. Well, that's because you don't have any of those filters in place. So the message is getting through. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's exactly what happens in business. Right. And, and nowadays we are so, uh, 
subconsciously trained in that, that we don't even realize we're doing it. Okay. I, I, you know, I'm not a big TV watcher, but you know, occasionally I, I love sports. And so with the playoffs going on, NBA playoffs going on, I'll, I'll watch, catch some of those games and the hockey games um, that are going on right now. When a commercial comes on, I don't even realize half the time that I've immediately just picked up the remote and changed the channel. Cause I don't, I don't, it's not why I'm, that's not why I turned on the TV, right? Yeah, yeah. My filters have said there's nothing of value in the commercial, right? Mm -hmm. So I've just changed the channel. And it didn't matter what I changed it to as long as it wasn't a commercial because my perception filters have said that there's no value there. So, So for those of you listening that aren't as old as us, this is the equivalent of like swipe right and swipe left. (laughs) <laughs> we we used to have to change and the channels back see, in our and I'm day. like swipe what <laughs> <laughs> yeah but oh. so yeah so I guess you swipe whatever that means <laughs> to the left or the right Does I, it, I thought that had to do something with like uh, what's that dating site Tinder Tinder yeah so uh, th- the reason why this is on my mind is I actually had a, a meeting today with a product development team and we were trying to put some uh, prioritization up. Yeah. And I thought I was going to be funny. And I'm like, okay, does anyone care if I erase to the right? And they're all just like <laughs> staring at me because I'm like trying to. And, and then one of the guys is like, are you trying to say swipe left? I'm like, is that the way it goes? <laughs> like, okay, does anyone care if I erase to the left? Uh, yeah, your joke wasn't funny. <laughs> I'm like, I'm laughing. I found so. it funny. Yeah, so. Well, that must be age. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, w- I want to, I know that this is zombie marketing, but I want to take it back to just zombie businesses for kind of a conclusion. All right. And I'm going to be harsh here for a second. How do you get rid of zombies? Well, you shoot them in the head. At least that's what I was taught. It, if you are a zombie business, oftentimes you got to kill the business. Yeah. And, we are not advocates of telling people to shut their doors, but I am advocate of telling people to regain their life, get, you know, get on solid footing. I have worked with a lot of businesses that are going absolutely nowhere. Yeah. And, you know, I look at it and I say, well, you can keep going nowhere or you can do something about it. And what that do something about it is, is recognize that, hey, this is not, it's not working. You know, sometimes you can sell that business. Sometimes you can just liquidate the assets. Sometimes you just walk away. You know, I had someone ask me one time, how do you like counseling and working with businesses? And I said, well, businesses generally want me to be their cheerleader, but way too often I'm popping their bubble. So you tell me what you think (laughs) (laughs) it's that great most days, right? And unfortunately, exactly what you're saying is right, that that as much as many times I'd like to be a cheerleader, and there's times that we really get to be cheerleaders for businesses, um, but I, just as many times I have to burst a bubble, and that's not fun. And 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 so I'm going to give some big picture, uh, you know, takeaways of like if you got to kill a zombie. So if you've gone longer than two years with the financials moving in the wrong direction, shut it down. Shut it down. You know, if you have people on your team that are just toxic, you know they are, and you won't do anything or can't do anything about it, shut it down. 
Yeah. You know, like you, you have to have a, a quality team. If you have tried uh, marketing strategy after marketing strategy after marketing strategy, and you are not able to increase move, your sales, yeah. If if sales are not Revenue moving, is going up, then either shut it down or just in, enjoy the down. enjoy the cash cow. Like some businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I have advised businesses before that they're like, well, I have one product, I sell it online, I've got all this inventory, and I'm like, so how does this work? Well, when someone places an order, I just go and fulfill that order. I'm like, and that's all you're doing? Like, Keep doing it till the inventory's gone. I mean, you basically shut the business down because you're not pushing anything into that. But if, if you don't have any depth of product, if you don't have a marketing strategy and there's not... There's not an opportunity for that, you know. Just take the money and run. Shut it down. Kill the zombie, and that is a very difficult thing to do. And don't. Here's the thing I I hate about. There's such a, a stigma about if my business closes that I'm a failure. I know, right? And I hate that because there are so many factors that affect business in our economy today. And, and I still, you know, you're going to say, oh yeah, you're just one of those optimists, but there's so many things to be learned in if you, you know, if the lesson that you needed to be learned was a business failure that, you know, when the next opportunity came up, you could avoid it from the beginning. Well, I mean, look at it through this lens. If I married the first and, you know, the first girl that I ever dated was who I married. That would be interesting. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. If you, How dare you break up with you your girlfriend? You know there's girlfriend. people that have done that, though, right? Yeah, I know. I know. So Not in a my, bad way. My, and we're not my, picking on you if you are one of those people. My, my wife was this is my, a great analogy. Uh, my third date ever, and she was I was her second date ever. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, we uh, we we started dating when, uh, well, we Cause I have met. Because I have a good friend who is married to their junior high sweetheart it's been his girlfriend and wife for since like early so junior high days that, my my parents before they, i even they knew. met when they were 12 and uh you know and i'm like yeah. holy cow you know and they, i mean they were dating before i even realized that there was a difference between a male and a female you yeah know? yeah it was crazy you know but going back to where you're talking about you know shame on you for shutting down a business I'm like well look if you break up with your girlfriend that's gonna hurt for a little bit and you'll have people that'll judge you there's like oh that was she was the best thing that ever happened to you what are you doing breaking up with her but honestly if you were required to marry the you know the first girl that you ever date mm-hmm. what what a mistake that would be most of the time. Sometimes it works out. And in business, it's the same thing, you know? Like, I've shut down three, three? of my own three businesses. Three that I know of that you told yeah, me yeah, about. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's three, you know? And, I don't uh, know how many more you're hiding from me. But. I, I know. Uh, th- those are all the uh, girls that I dated that I'm ashamed of. That <laughs> I'm just like, hmm, don't want to mention that one. <laughs> But, but yeah, don't don't be afraid of it. And the thing about what we're trying to say here is we're trying to say that we're not telling you to get out of entrepreneurship. We're telling you yes. recognize when the setup is not going to meet any sort of, you know, growth yeah. See, or. Think about all the other areas of your life that, you know, if I'm playing basketball and I miss a shot, okay, or I lose a game. Yeah. I don't. 
I don't walk around with my head down or whatever else. If I go out fishing for the day and I don't put the right <laughs> setup, you know what I mean, and don't catch a fish, I don't come back and say I'm never fishing again. Well, you know, on my basketball team, do I really want to stay with the same team that, you know, I played with in high school? Yeah, no, no. I, I'm moving on. I'm yeah. getting better. I want to go play college level ball. And, yeah. you know, and so I. So there's so many other perfectly good examples of where we don't look at it as failure. And I make the same argument that if, you, you know, if you truly are an entrepreneur at, at heart, um, failure shouldn't be a defining factor for you. Yeah. So I think that's, that's beautiful right there. We will, we will end the episode with, uh, if you are truly an entrepreneur at heart, failure should not be a defining factor for you. Sweet. Words coined, of coined by Ethan Milliori. I know. Well, I started out with coining zombie business. And <laughs> yes, you did. And I finished it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Thanks.